0: It's post time. Welcome to the ESPN 1000 Miller Lite post game show with your hosts, fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller and two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Post Game Show. Presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. And brought to you by GetCoveredIllinois.gov. The Home Loan Experts, ComEd's Energy Efficiency Program, and Harry's Raising.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
2: It's too fresh. I haven't had enough time to formulate my thoughts yet, Howard Griffith. This one was stunning incompetence. There's a lot of blame to go around. I know everybody out there who wants to weigh in. This is your opportunity to do so. The Bears postgame show presented by Miller Lite here on ESPN 1000. We're here for the next two hours, taking your phone calls. Instant reaction to an unbelievable loss. I cannot believe the Bears... Lost that one in that fashion, Howard. (laughs) There's no question about
3: it. You lose a game in that fashion when you had it wrapped up and you were ready to just salt this thing away and you still find a way to lose. I mean, this is just ridiculous. It it makes no sense to me against a Lions team that was not at full strength. This is a team that even if they were, you should beat when you look at the rosters,
2: but they couldn't get it done today and they weren't able to finish. This is bordering on the absurd. They come in. And they come out, and I was ready to give them credit today. They actually came out and gave you a professional game plan. They took advantage of their strengths. They went to David Montgomery, at least early. They fed the ball to Cordell Patterson, who was finding some running room today. And they were actually – they had some play actions in the game plan that worked effectively. They they gave you a competent performance. And even the Lions – who, as you just noted, they didn't have their most they didn't have their two most dynamic playmakers in Kenny Galladay and DeAndre Swift. They're two game breakers, not in this game. And the Bears, it was thirty to twenty in the fourth quarter, and somehow, some way, Matt Nagy finds a way to let a must win slip through his fingertips. It this one is an all timer for the Bears.
3: Yeah, this one's gonna hurt for a while. This is no question. You do something like this at home and and you're not able to close out. You've had opportunities to get prepared. And this is a team that you you barely snuck by uh, earlier in the season. And at the the end of the day, the Bears couldn't find a way to win. And and that's the part that's really just typical of what the season has been like for the Chicago
2: Bears. After starting the season five and one, they dropped their sixth straight to the Lions, losing 34 to 30 today. It really feels like this may be the last meaningful game that Matt Nagy coaches, because I don't know how you find your way out of this one. I know there's been yeah. reports uh, earlier this morning from Jason Lock and Fora about the possibility of the Bears looking at a new head coach. At this point, that seems almost inevitable, because this game was an absolute disaster. Again, three one two I'm Jeff Miller, alongside Howard Griffith, two-time Super Bowl champ. We're taking your phone calls after a disastrous loss by the Bears to the Detroit Lions at home. Let's start off with Tom, who's in Oak Lawn. Tom, the floor is yours.
1: Ah, uh, I mean, apparently Matt Nagy wants to be fired because that's the only logical explanation I could think of for passing it uh, on a third and four when you're leading Where then? where you should run the ball there take some time off the clock, punt the ball, and force the Lions to have to go all the way down the field in order to score the touchdown. And and, Like, what what has Mitch done to earn that trust to drop back the pass on a third and four, especially when the drive before he got sacked because of a spin move made by Everson Griffin on Charles Leno because Charles Leno can't block anybody. (laughs) I mean, so I would just – I don't know. I would just – if I know they don't do this, but I don't know. Uh, Apparently he wants to be fired, and I would just fire him if I was George McCaskey right after this game.
3: (laughs) Well, Todd, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. You know, you make an interesting point when you start to talk about the decision-making and and not running the football and giving giving the opportunity to the defense uh, to to make Stafford go the long way. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the way you have to look at it as opposed to this is what the geniuses do. We've been talking about this all year. Yeah, you're going to run it now, but we're going to throw it. But you haven't been able to protect the quarterback. Yeah, you did some nice. There was some nice protection today. But still, I mean, you're you're playing the odds and the odds are that this offensive line is not going to be able to protect your quarterback particularly when the game is on the line and you just put them in a bad situation. And again, it comes down to being able to make decisions. And I'm not going to say, Tom, Listen, I know you're saying that he wants to be fired. No coach wants to be fired, but at the end of the day, the the planning and, and
2: how things were executed at the end of this game is inexcusable. Yeah. The, the, just bumbling issues at this point. We haven't even touched upon the final drive where Allen Robinson steps out of bounds short of the first down marker. And then the decision is to run the ball with Montgomery out of the shotgun. I mean, boy, oh, boy. Just just all around ineptitude from this Bears team. And, again, we're taking your calls. 312-332-3776. That is how Brad is in South Edgen got in. Brad, you're on the postgame show with Howard Griffith and Jeff Miller. Hey, Brad, you're up. Uh, hello? Yes, Brad. What's going on, my man?
4: So, so is it all right to cry or scream, or what are we doing here? <laughs> Don't cry. No crying, Brad. No crying.
3: You can right, scream, so but we need to be able to hear. Here on that,
4: talking about that last drive, before, before we get to the Robinson stuff, all right, you're second and five. Why are we doing a dump pass to commit for five yards, you know, the 10 seconds on the clock? You know what? Why don't you go up and swipe the ball? You have two downs. You'll have third and five, fourth and five if you don't get there, but instead we decide to throw the ball out of bounds towards Mooney, and that hasn't been there all game long. And then Robinson, all right, you still have that timeout in the bank because you didn't use it. Just get the first down, then we have a timeout, and all right, now we're 15 yards from the goal line, and we got two or three shots. You know, I don't... And it just... Wow. That's what I got to say. I can't believe it, but Wow. (laughs)
2: Yeah, thanks, Brad. Uh, no, he, I, think that's, I think that's all what we're kind of left stunned, disbelief right now, Howard. I mean, this one, it, it was going as you expected, and there was going to be all the caveats. Look, it was the Lions. You're at home. You were you're bound to bounce back and get a win here at some point. So I know we were going to be walking that line behind saying, this is what you have to do if you're going to be a professional football team, but also not giving the Bears too much credit knowing that the Lions had just fired their head coach. I don't think anybody who was watching that game really, really believed that we'd find ourselves in this position. That's why people, I think, are having a hard time. I I know that's why I, Howard, am having yeah. a hard time articulating what we just saw because it happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. And you were like, I mean, I don't know if you were like me, but I was sitting there watching the game saying, no, this is not really going to happen, right? Like, this could sure, be they, happening. Exactly. They, uh, sure, they score the touchdown. pull within three but you figure all right you're just going to go ahead and run out some clock and it's going to be very difficult for the lions to do anything especially when you have a highly priced defense that should be able to come up with a stop here and and for you know as the caller pointed out and you just you just hit on it you know matt nagy deciding that on third and four with mitch trubisky who who played okay but he certainly didn't do anything special like all of a sudden you're going to pretend like, you know what, I, I don't know if he, you know, he watches Pat Mahomes and, and Andy Reid last week and thinks to himself, okay, against the Bucks, they put that one away with, uh, you know, by allowing Pat Mahomes to pass. You know, I don't know if it's just, you know, his fondness for his mentor there. And he just doesn't recognize what he has to work with. And it's been game in and game out now. He seems to think he has more on the field available to him than he actually has.
3: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And to Brad's point, you want to know why, you know, they throw a short pass to Cole Komet, and it's obviously not enough for the first down. But this is what happens in coverage. And when you're watching a TV copy, you don't get to see what's happening, for the most part, in the secondary. You just see a lot of the underneath stuff. And that's probably the only pass that was open, the only option that was there for him to throw the, the dump pass, because they're going to give you that. As a defense, you can have all that underneath stuff. We're not going to give you the big play down the field, so you end up taking that and trying to move forward. But then you have Allen Robinson, who, Jeff, you know, I've got a great deal of respect for it, never would ever question his playing ability or anything like that about him. But at the end of the day, he steps out short mm-hmm. of the first down. Not that that may have changed the, the outcome of the game, but still, it's a process. You've got to know what that first down marker is, and you've got to get there.
2: Especially when it's third down. Of all, you know, there's certain situations where, like, you don't like to see it on second down in the, you know, the final drive. But you can kind of make the excuse for it when it's third down. You need to know, you know, as the receiver Allen Robinson in that situation, that above all else, it's critical that I try and avoid the fourth down situation. And he just steps out of bounds short of the goal, uh, short of the the uh, yard to gain, and of course that results in David Montgomery being stuffed. Jeff Meller, Howard Griffith here for the next two hours talking to you, the fans, on ESPN 1000. Your Bears calls vent with us. 312 332 3776.
0: Howard Griffith and Jeff Meller. More post game coming up. This is the ESPN 1000 post game show on Chicago's home for sports.
1: ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
0: A two-time Super Bowl champion. A two-time winner of the ESPN 1000 Fantasy Football League. And uh, never mind. Howard How Griffith and me? Jeff yeah. Maller. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. A little step up. Pressure coming. Close it for Jones. Oh- Zone and it's a touchdown for the Lions. Marvin Jones Jr. with his sixth touchdown catch of the year. Second and goal at the five. Bears have one timeout remaining. After calling their second a moment ago. (laughs) On second down, Peterson
4: again. Adrian Peterson, full head of steam, running for the
0: goal line and fights his way into the
2: touchdown. The Detroit Lions take the lead with 137 to play. Oh man. Oh man, is right. The Lions took the lead there. They added an extra points. They beat the Bears 34 to 30 on the road under Daryl Bevel after parting ways with Matt Patricia last week. Daryl Bevel comes in and wins his first game with the Lions. The Bears led by 10. In the fourth quarter, this is the first time the Lions have come back from a 10 point deficit in the fourth quarter since 2014. It is all sorts of embarrassing. I'm Jeff Miller along with Howard Griffith. We're taking your instant reaction 312 332 3776. Bears Miller Light Post Game Show here on ESPN 1000. Oh, Griff, anything you want to say before we get, out, get on out to the calls? You know what? I was on Cap'n
3: Hall earlier in the week, I think it was Thursday. And, you know, they said, hey, this is a win for the Bears. And I said, I'm not so sure. And the reason I said that, because when you, when you have a coaching change and you have, let's call it what it is, what, what some players are saying is a tyrant that's, that's running the organization, uh, when that person is then removed from the building, a team gets life and, and players start to play. And even though uh, Detroit was down several players on the offense and the defensive side, they still found a way, and they didn't quit on Daryl Bevel. And that's what you saw in this team today. Even when things got down, they still were trying to make plays. So they were playing inspired football, and the Bears just could not uh, slow them down because there were several times today, day from a defensive standpoint, you know, Stafford, you know what type of player he is. He's going to throw it, and it's he's going to read the coverage. He knows what you're doing. And, I mean, there were times where he was just throwing lasers and and was making the Bears defense. They were in position, but because of the the strength in that arm of his and just his ability to understand what defenses are trying to do, he was able to make passes and make plays. And, you know, this this was going to sting for a long time for them. And, you know, you look about what could have been, but not to be able to slow down this losing streak is going to be huge and something – when you have a loss like this at home, it's going to
2: sting for a long time. No doubt about it. Joe is in Lakeview. Hi. Joe, you're on the postgame show. What's up?
4: Hi. So I just want to um, demonstrate how bad the coaching is. There has not been one play this entire season that after a timeout hasn't been a busted play or a sack. So every time the Bears take a timeout, they lose yardage every single time. And there's not one bigger indictment of the coaching staff than that. How is that even possible?
3: Joe, I mean, you bring up an excellent point when you you talk about when you come out of a timeout and and you're not able to execute or you take a delay of the game or it's a negative Mm -hmm. play, what were you doing in the timeout? What were you discussing? Why does it even have to get to that point? And, And, you know, that's just one more thing that is so frustrating when you watch a team that's supposedly led by an offensive genius continue to make those same, you know, bad coaching
2: mistakes yeah no i, I I'll, i'm gonna trust that uh joe is correct there i'll have to go back through and uh check every game log to to, ins- to ensure that he is correct but you know there are several instances that i remember off the top of my head that he is correct so at the very least there you know it's not like they come out and do something you know that leads to positive g- positive gains more times than not and I, I, whether or not He's correct. And it's every time after timeout and I, I can't dismiss it out of hand. So I'll have to go back and check the game logs to see if he's exactly right. But man, it, yeah, it's just, it just, you really have to wonder at this point, you know, I, I, you hate in some ways, I think you and I, Howard, we were talking about it after the Packers game last week and as to whether or not a mid season coaching change really accomplishes anything. And, you know, I, I, I kind of generally fall on the side of I don't think it leads you to much because more times than not, I feel like all it actually, the only only thing that ends up happening that is to the positive, which can sometimes result in a negative, is sometimes the interim coach does go on a run and then for whatever reason then convinces you that he should be the guy. And then the next year you immediately find out that you made a decision based on a small sample size that really mm-hmm. should not have done. So I, I don't generally, you know, I don't generally call for the mid-season coaching change, but, man, it's really getting away from the Bears after today's loss. It's just not not a good spot for Matt Nagy right now. Yeah, I think we can safely
3: say that it has gotten away from him, right? So he, yeah. he steps away from the play calling. Um, he, he does that, which is in itself a desperate move. Um, and, and you still don't get the results you need. This is a game – this shouldn't even have been this close. It shouldn't even have been this close. Uh, no. When you look, when you look at the rosters, and you look at what the Bears are coming with, so you know it, it, it's frustrating. You don't know the direction that, that the ownership is going to go, but I, they've got to be having some some strong and some discussions tonight that they've got to figure out how they're going to get this franchise back on the right track. Because right now, it's not close to being on the right track. And that means evaluating from top to bottom, not just Coach Nagy. It's just, because it's
2: never just the coach. It's just not that way. The, he's Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. The moment the game ended, I received texts, fire them all. My serious question. Is this enough to get them canned now? And I think that's kind of where we're at. Bears fans, do you want to see Matt Nagy fired after today's ridiculous loss to the Lions? 312 332 3776. Get in quick because we will have Matt Nagy's postgame press conference. We'll also check in with Jeff Dickerson later in the show. So make sure you get in now if you want to talk to us here on the Bears Miller Lite postgame show.
0: The ESPN 1000 postgame show returns after these.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Ah,
0: The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show with your hosts, Howard Griffith and Jeff Maller.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. defense under Nagy, they've allowed 35 or more points only twice. In 2018, they gave up 38 to New England. Next week, they allowed 10. Last year, they followed up 36 points with 17. Josh Woods told me, we weren't worried about what Nagy said uh, about how we were going to come out. We're pissed off, and we know we're going to bounce back. Let's see if they can do that on this drive.
2: Well, that was Laura Hoffman's sideline report, courtesy of Fox today during the Bears-Lions game eight. A collapse of epic proportions by the Bears, and I asked the question on Twitter, Howard. I said, what was more surprising to you during (laughs) Laura Oakman's sideline report? The fact that she used the phrase pissed off on a a Fox telecast of NFL, or the fact that she was quoting James Woods, who I learned today plays for the Chicago Bears. I know know being a (laughs) a Maryland product, you have been... Uh, you know, <laughs> intimately familiar with James Woods for a long time now, but I have to admit James Woods was not somebody who was high on my list of people. I was looking to see how they were going to respond to Matt Nagy applying the public pressure on his defense last Monday.
3: Yeah. It, you know, it's been pretty interesting, right? You, you, you've you had, you know, players coming out and talking about whether or not, you know, the right plays are being called you have people talking about they're pissed off about what's happening. Defense will be fine because the coach came after the defense. You know, this whole thing, and I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, but by the time the, you know, the complaining and stuff gets to the media and fans actually see it, it's been brewing for some time in that locker room. And I think if you're a defensive player on this team, you know, you have to be frustrated with just how the offense has just, you know, not been able to get a lot done. And, and so you can, from a from a defense, you can get so caught up in that that then mm-hmm. you're not executing at, the, at your high level because you're busy pointing fingers over at the other side of the football while the thumb is pointing back at you. And, you know, it was a total team collapse. There's no question about that. And I just don't see any way that under this regime, this can be fixed. And I think that's where it is. It's not about whether or not you can make the playoffs and you can do anything. I mean,
2: when they needed to stop, they couldn't get it from a defense. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think I may have said James Woods. I obviously meant Josh Woods. Yeah. That's, that just goes to show you how well I've, uh, <laughs> I've had him on my radar this season. Let's head on out to uh, South beach, Mario, Mario, you're on the post game show with Howard Griffin. Yeah, guys. I,
4: I'm, I'm- I'm doing good, guys. Uh, Look, I thought um, Nagy's problem is the not-to-lose mentality. You know, John Madden used to say, uh, prevent defense prevents you from winning. Um, But the crucial point to me when, uh, and I'm a big Mooney fan, what a surprise in the fifth round, when he laid down on the kickoff return,
0: that
4: just just tells me right there they 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 didn't want to win the game. I mean, to Mm. push it. They were like, not-to-lose mentality, and sure enough, I said to myself, it's either going to be a turnover or they're going to stop us on, on four downs or there's going to be a turnover, and sure enough. And that's when I thought that, that, that the game was over right there.
3: Yeah, Mario, it's tough. How's the weather down there in South Beach, by the way? I just <laughs> dropped him, Howard. My bad.
2: We have so many calls. I do want to rifle through a bunch yes, of Mano fans. Are, they want to vent, and we do have Matt Nagy coming up, so let's go on out to Chuck, who's in Oak Park. Choke. Choke. Chuck. The Bears show. <laughs> tell us what tell us your thoughts, Chuck. Get good afternoon, guys, and y'all stay safe. I'm gonna tell you about my day watching this game. When it was ten to nothing, I called and tweeted all the fellas said, Don't y'all get happy because our scrubs be near Scrub. When it got to thirty, <laughs> when it got to thirty to twenty, I said, I wonder wh- wh- whether the announcers is gonna give Mitch Kavinsky some love. Now that he lost, did you guys lose
1: the love that you would have said if you had a one?
3: Well, Chuck, I don't know. I don't know if it's a situation where it's all this love for for Mitch Trubisky or whoever is the quarterback, Nick Foles, for for this team right now. This is a team that's underachieving at the end of the day, and not not coached very well. So I think we're going to be critical whether they win or lose. And, and I don't think this was a game where you can just hang it all on Mitch either. This is a game that was a total team collapse; it couldn't get things done.
2: Well, well, yeah, they- there's no doubt about it. I, I, I don't know at this point, you know, if there's a, there, there, it, it will, we'll let you hear from Matt Nagy here shortly, uh, actually coming up on the other side of the break here, but I don't know what he's going to tell us that is going to make anybody feel better about what we saw out there today. and yeah, I mean, just, just disastrous. Let's try Steve. Who's an indie. Hey, Steve. Hey, uh, Jeff. Um, I was just going to say that, uh, um, love you, uh, and uh, I was going to say that. You know what, Steve? Uh, I appreciate the love, my friend. We're going to uh, let you collect your thoughts. Maybe we'll come back to you. Let's try Leon, who's in Hammond, Howard. Leon, right. you're on the ESP 1000 with whole Griffin Jeff.
1: All right. My nephew Leon has stepped out, but this is Melvin Montgomery. From okay. All right, Melvin. Uh, All right, Melvin. All uh, right. No, no, hit. no. You're running back now. <laughs> but I heard. <laughs> Yeah, let me know if this is true. I heard a bear got bit in the butt by a lion today.
2: Ooh, <laughs> that never gets old.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
2: <laughs> All right, we we got ourselves a heck of a one-two punch this segment going. Let's try Carlton in Rogers Park. Carlton, you're on the post game show.
4: Can you say blow the whole team up? The whole entire team, coaching staff, GM. Everybody, get rid of everybody. Start over, man. I'm tired of this.
3: You can't watch it. How can you sit here and watch these guys? It's tough, Carlton. I tell you, it really is tough. But, you know, when you say blow up the whole team and
2: start over, that's also going to be very difficult. Yeah, I mean, look, that seems to be any, I think any rational thinking organization right now, seeing this collapse take place, has got to be trying to sort out who will be the man who is the next team president of this organization. And if it's Ted Phillips, so be it, but then they better get the general manager position, right. And, you know, that's where I think you get into a spot where everyone's questioning, they chose Ryan Pace and he's been an absolute disaster. Matt, ne- Matt Nagy clearly proving that um, the job, it's just, it's just too big for him. I'm sorry. The, the 12 and four season was an aberration. Uh, it, 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 you know, he, he, I think, honestly, the rookie season that Matt Nagy had, which really, if you really want to dig deep, was predicated on having a defense that created turnovers at an at an almost historic rate. And everybody talked, you know, in tw- coming into 2019, how that was not going to be repeatable in all likelihood. And it, mm-hmm. it's just not. You, you can't, you know, it, it's not like the NFL back in the 80s and 90s where you could rip an opposing player's head off, not be called for a foul, and then take the ball away from them—that's not the NFL we're living in these in this day and age. And so, Matt Nagy's rookie season as a head coach was very good. He built the culture; everybody loved Club Dub. It was a nice little, you know, side story with the Bears winning, and he got a lot of kudos for the success that he had. But unfortunately, it there's been nothing to build upon at this point. It, it's been. You know that th- we've gotten to a spot now where you you really wonder how they were able to do what they did that first year because it's he 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 seems to fall apart any time he's presented with some some opposition. Howard.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think you bring up a good point when you talk about a, a, a head coach that, that seemingly makes the same mistake two three times in a row. When you talk about clock management, when you talk about. Um, certain plays that are being called in certain situations. And you know, it's just not been working. And, and I, I have a great appreciation for a coach that doesn't throw his players under the bus immediately after the game and at least takes the time to go watch watch the film and then come back and give you a, a real evaluation uh, on that Monday or Tuesday. But the, the evaluation is that he's not getting his guys ready to go. And, no. and, and that's an issue when your team is not ready to go, and you know the players know. The players know what's going on and what's being talked about from a coaching standpoint, a general manager standpoint, and you know they know that they need to be out competing if they're trying to, you know, get to a point where let's let's say what it is you're saving your coach's job. So you know it, it's a tough situation to be in, but there's just a lack of execution that we continue to see. Even when they were going on the, the winning streak, we always had questions about, well, I don't know. I'm not so sure. This doesn't look right. And these are some situations they were able to, to, to maneuver around. But at the end of the day, this is not a very good football team. And, and oh, it's held to form. They're not very good. And, and that's just the, the reality of what the situation is right
2: now. He's Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Miller. Plenty of time for you. 312-332-3776. We're here until about 515 today taking your calls after a Bears loss 34-30 at Soldier Field. They've now dropped six in a row.
0: The dissection of the Bears game continues right after this. This is the ESPN 1000 postgame show on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
1: This is Chicago's home for sport.
0: The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back. Talk Bears with us on ESPN 1000. And the new ESPN Chicago app.
2: The Bears postgame show is brought to you by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. I'm Jeff Miller, along with Howard Griffith. We're taking your phone calls after the Bears dropped their sixth straight this season, falling to 5-7 and seven on the year. Let's head on out to Minneapolis and say good afternoon to Marcus. Marcus, what's up?
4: What's going on, man? Um, first off, I want to say uh, about the questions you asked earlier, do we want Maggie fired or not? Like you said earlier, Jeff, I don't think it does any good of anything. If anything, it could hurt us. But that's because I'm thinking we might as well lose the rest of the games this season. If we fire him now, teams could get inspired and win games like the Detroit Lions did today. Um, I think it him, people wanting him to be fired is more anger from the fans. But if you start to look at the games without the emotion in it, which is hard, not for me, I've given up on the season. If you start to take the emotion out, just let him play out the season. But it's two points I want to make real quick. I'll be real quick. Um mm-hmm. I disagree with you. I dis- disagree with you, Howard, when you said uh Trubisky uh uh the past that Trubisky threw the uh the rookie like three yard play. Uh I-, I think he it would have been better if he would have just threw it out of bounds. I mean it's not fourth down, so he still have plays left. So you lost time more than anything. You lost time over gaining three yards. And then um I want to say this is a hot take. I wanted to call you guys last week about this. I think Darnell Mooney is our best receiver. Uh Robinson, um I, I don't know, man. He's he's been terrible this whole year, man. He falls in every catch he makes. He, he's the more seasoned receiver, but I think Mooney is the more uh he's more skilled receiver. We'll see in a long one. Thanks, guys.
3: Marcus, thanks for the call. But but here's what you always have to ask yourself, right? When you, when you start to evaluate players, there's a reason one guy's getting the football more than another guy. And normally that comes down to trusting the quarterbacks and trusting the coaching staff and the players knowing where they need to be. And mm-hmm. this the NFL is full of players that have so much upside, it's hard to believe that they're not a more focal part of whether it's offense, defense, or special teams. But there is absolutely a reason that one player is not getting the ball as much as another, and, and it shows up in practice, it shows up in game film, so we don't get we don't have the ability to know what's happening in practice or we're sitting in those meetings. but trust me when I say, n- nobody's not trying to put the ball in his hand. you they know how dynamic mm-hmm. he is, but there's something that is amiss, and we don't get the privilege of knowing that because we're not at practice
2: and we're not in those meetings. Yeah, now listen, if you know, we're all frustrated that that play to step out of bounds on third down, a yard short, which in that which results in, you know, David Montgomery being stuffed and the end of the game essentially at that point. Yeah, we're all frustrated by that. But I don't think and, and I look, I love Darnell Mooney as well. I think the Bears uh did an excellent job finding him in the fifth round. They clearly have a playmaker, but at to Howard's point, right now, you know, uh Allen Robinson came into the game with seventy one catches this season. He's every team in the league knows that he is the most dynamic playmaker out there on the field. And yet still, he leads the team in receptions by a far, a large number here. So, there's, you know, you cannot deny the fact that Allen Robinson creates separation. He, and as Howard said, he's, he knows where he needs to be. He's generally in the right place for the quarterback to find him, whether it's Trubisky, whether it's Foles. He's doing all this with both those quarterbacks throwing him the ball. I don't, you cannot tell me, like, I like Mooney. There's no way the NFL scout will tell you that Mooney's a better player than Allen Robinson at this stage of their careers. May have more upside, but upside isn't what wins
3: in the National Football League. It's
2: what you can do for me right now. Let's go on out to Evanston and say good afternoon to John. Hey, John. Hey, guys.
1: You know, uh, I knew the Bears were kind of in
3: trouble today when uh, number nine for Detroit was hitting those third-down passes on 3rd and 10 <laughs> and getting first downs. And he hit two long touchdown passes today. I mean, he looked as confident back there as I've ever seen him against the Bears. And I, I noticed that the Bears had a hard time getting to him. He, his pocket was clean most of the day. Uh, that, that's not going to help you win a game when you can't get to, to Stafford and get in his head. Hey, John, thanks for the call. I, I thought the Bears defensively, there were a couple of long passes early that were well defensed by the Bears in, in that secondary. But he, he's one of those quarterbacks, one of those quarterbacks that he's going to get hot and he's going to be able to make yeah. some throws. It's just a matter of whether you can hold up long enough uh, to be able to overcome some of that stuff. But, you know, he 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 showed you you know, just how good a passer he is. I mean, he just drops back, and when his receivers know where they need to be, he threads the needle, and and the Bears were, there were some situations where the secondary was in in good position, but because of the arm strength, there was nothing that could be done about it.
2: Howard, as a former offensive player, but you were no doubt a a fullback in the NFL and a tailback in college, so your uh, heart lies in the ground game. What were your thoughts on Quintez Cephas' uh, push-off? Now, it was obviously let go, but it was one of those situations where I felt like had they had they thrown a flag, I would not have been surprised. And yet at the same time, we've seen pl- offensive players frequently given the benefit of the doubt there to create a little bit of separation at times.
3: Jeff, yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because that has not only just been prevalent at the, at the professional game, but it's been prevalent in the college game all year long where you can, you'll can you watch a, a receiver put the arm out there. And, that, and, and I don't know if people understand. That's all it really takes to yep. get you out of a rhythm, to, to, for you to just be uh, a second slow or swipe slow trying to make a play. That little bit of separation is a big deal. And I've been watching it at college all, every, every Saturday there's Mm -hmm. plays that could be called like that. And you watch the NFL right now and you're still seeing that. And it's it's to your point, the offensive players are getting the benefit of the doubt. And it's really putting the secondary players in some really tough positions because they're in great, great position to to deflect the ball or to knock it
2: down. And they're not able to do it. And they're not getting that call either. And it's, Look, to that point, it's damn near impossible when applied at the right moment. When And if you look, you know when Cephas does the push-off on Kyle Fuller, it was clearly at the perfect moment where he was able to get away with it and create enough separation. And when you've got Matthew Stafford back there with the gun that he has and the ability with the pinpoint accuracy that he has at times to put it in spots where defenders have to be playing perfect blanket coverage you know that that push off was perfectly timed by Cephas, a rookie, no doubt. And then for him to come up with uh, the catch, it was it was a beautiful play. But all the more reason, you know, I've been harping on it for a lot now this year. All the more reason, if you didn't believe it, this is a, 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 a this is a league designed for offenses to succeed, whether we like it or not. I know we all grew up with a with a different type of mentality with you know where defenses had the ability to you know defense wins football games or defense wins championships that was always the mindset mm-hmm. i'm sorry this league is not built to do that anymore and you really need a competitive offense to to, to be anything close to a contender and that really uh, you know that's where the, the bears are definitely falling short these days
3: and, and i think to that point is why you've seen uh so many offensive coordinators that are coming out of systems that, that are that can produce points because that's what they know. I mean at the end yeah. of the day, you can you can stack a defense to the best of your ability with all the players you need. But when it comes down um, to playoffs, championship, i don't care what level it is you if you can't score points, you won't be around, and, and that's just the reality of where this game has gone. And again, you know, not we're talking about the pro game right now, but I watch it all day long in college. It's, it's where the game is. The game is set up right now for offenses to be successful. And if
2: you can't be explosive offensively, you don't have a chance. That's our two-time Super Bowl champ, Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Miller. The Bears postgame show presented by Miller Lite here on ESPN 1000. Matt Nagy just wrapped up his Zoom press conference He's got some splaining to do. We'll see if any of it makes sense next.
0: Don't move. More of the ESPN 1000 postgame show is coming up on Chicago's Home for Sports.
1: ESPN 1000. And the
0: ESPN Chicago app.